0: All right, turn to Second Peter. I'm going to read the passage that we um, started to cover last week, and then we'll just pick it up right in the middle of there where we left off from last week. And the title of the message, by the way, is simply the word, but, B-U-T. And in verse 1 of Second Peter 2, But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you. And so Peter is contrasting that with those who truly are God's representatives. The Old Testament prophets who brought the message of God to the people. The New Testament writers, and Peter is one of those writers. But, even as there were and are true prophets among God's people. And again, we mentioned this recently, the difference between an Old Testament prophet and a New Testament prophet. The Old Testament prophets were foretelling of future events. New Testament prophets have a, a slightly different role in that of foretelling. In other words, teaching and preaching the Word of God with a prophetic anointing on it that makes the message applicable and relevant to the current time in which the message is being brought. Old Testament foretelling, New Testament forth telling. But even as there are were in our prophets in the church, Peter says, there were also false prophets among the people back then, and there will be false prophets among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. So let's pray, and we'll pick up where we left off last week. Father, we uh, thank you for this time in your word once again. What a blessing it is. We thank you that you have given us, even as you gave the Israelites in the wilderness manna, Your Word is our manna. It's our bread. Jesus is the bread of life, and He has made manifest to us through Your Word. And we thank You, Lord, that Your Word is our daily bread, more important even than physical food. We ask You to bless this time of teaching as we study Your Word together. In Jesus' name, amen. So now I'm going to read... The last scripture I believe that we read last week was from 1 Timothy chapter 4. Paul is writing to Timothy and he says in verse 1, Now the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy 3.16, All scripture is God breathed. So the Holy Spirit breathing into the writers of the Old and New Testament. And Paul says the Spirit, the Holy Spirit expressly says, So very specifically, this is a very specific warning from the Holy Spirit, from God, that in latter times, the last days, if you will, and the Bible makes it very clear that at some point in human history, we will come to a place that the Bible refers to as the last days. Now that doesn't mean the end of all things. The end of, it means the end of this age. Remember what Jesus told his disciples. He gave them the great commission. Go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you, baptizing them in the name of the, you know, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he says, Lo, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age, right? And what he meant by that was, that this present age, we're living in an age now where Satan is the prince of this world. Man is in a fallen state. It goes all the way back to Adam and Eve in the garden. Every human being is born into this world in sin. We have a sin nature, a fallen nature. You know, it was funny, I was listening to some of the uh, commentators, uh, news people, talking about this ongoing debate where um, our president had referred to these MS 13 gang members as animals and I've heard a number of other people say that as well when you when you do what they do to people they are animals but of course the media wants to beat him up over that stuff and then um, Nancy Pelosi comes out and says you know they have the spark of divinity in them and then you'll hear somebody say well Yes, we're all God's children. I got some bad news for you. (laughs) The Bible says if you don't know God, if you're not born again by the Spirit of God, if you have not confessed and professed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are a child of the devil. Now, that might be unpleasant to hear, but being a child of the devil is pretty unpleasant. We're not born into this world automatically children of God. We are His creation. He's the creator of all things. He's the creator of life. That DNA strand that runs through every living thing. Guess who put it there? God. But when you're born into this world, you're born in sin and you're not automatically a child of God. Everybody likes to hear that. It's false comfort is what it is. Oh, you know, we're just all God's children. But you know, we showed a, a video a while back by Ray Comfort. How many of you are familiar with Ray Comfort? Man, you need to watch Ray Comfort. He's on YouTube. His movies are incredible. And he did one uh, he used as as a premise to bring his message across. He did one about the Beatles and the assassination of John Lennon and the guy that killed John Lennon, Mark David Chapman, claimed to be a born-again Christian. And in, the, in this video, Ray Comfort, and it's not really difficult to make this case. If someone goes around claiming to be a believer, to be a Christian, a follower of Christ, and they're murdering people and doing other horrendous acts, Jesus said, by their fruits you will know them. Right. And so this idea, oh, well, we're really all good at heart. We're all God's children. No, we're not. The Bible says there's none righteous. No, not one. All of our good works are like filthy rags in God's sight. Becoming a child of God is a choice that we make, a decision that we make. In the first chapter of John, John writes that to as many as received him, to as many as believed on his name, he gave the right to become the sons of God. You're not born into this world with the right to be called a child of God. He bestows that right upon you when you humble yourself before him and you confess him as Lord and Savior. But what's happened is people have been so mind-numbed browbeaten and conditioned that when people speak in a definitive manner like I'm speaking now most people get offended. This has been an ongoing process it is a work of the devil but large percentage of our populace has been complicit in bringing this about to where now we have college students that need safe spaces they need play-doh I just got my little two-year-old grandson some Play-Doh. When my kids were in college, I never thought about getting them any Play-Doh. They need hot chocolate, they need puppies, they need Play-Doh. And we're laughing because it is kind of goofy, but it's very, very sad and very, very serious. Can you imagine? We know the opposition that Jesus encountered 2,000 years ago when he came into this world. Can you imagine what it would have been like for him today? I don't know if he would have even lasted three years. Antifa would have probably beat him to death after the first week. And if you don't know who Antifa is, you better start paying attention to what's going on. They're the fascists who call everybody else fascists and claim to be anti-fascists. But they wear ninja outfits and they carry baseball bats and tear gas and they go around beating people up because they're fighting hatred (laughs) how many times have you heard me tell you sin will make you stupid and the only way to get rid of the sin is to confess it before God repent, turn from your sin and follow God and if you don't you're just going to get stupider and stupider and stupider until you're stupid enough to go out and tell people that you're fighting for love with your baseball bat. Are you kidding me? We need to be aware of this stuff because the only power that can defeat that is the power of God, the love of God, prayer, and diligence as believers. If we're not influencing the world for Christ, the world is going to influence us. There's no neutral position there. So let's finish reading this. 1 Timothy 4. I think we got to about, through about the first eight words. Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. And as we talked about last week, this, this isn't just this doesn't mean... Oh my goodness, there's going to be an outbreak of witchcraft. There has been. There has been an outbreak of the occult. But any doctrine that is contrary to the truth of God's word is a doctrine of demons. Do you realize that? Any of these cult groups that you want to think about, I mentioned one last week. I I won't hit on them again today, but I think you know who I'm talking about. But any group that teaches and preaches that which is contrary to the word of God and leads people down the wrong path That's a doctrine of demons. It doesn't have to be witchcraft. You know, the new age. It can be anything other than the true worship of God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God of the Old and New Testaments. The creator of all things. Speaking lies in hypocrisy. And that's one thing you'll find so often with these cult groups. And again, we're not perfect either. A lot of people say, I don't want to go to church, it's full of hypocrites. Well, then stay out there in the world, that's also full of hypocrites. So take your pick. <laughs> None of us are perfect, we all make mistakes. But often, one of the trademarks of these cult groups, as particularly with the leaders, is and Jesus said this about the Pharisees, how they put everybody in bondage, And they put expectations on the people that they themselves weren't even willing to keep, to uphold. That's the Pharisees. That's that Pharisaical spirit. And you'll find it in every cult group as well, where the leaders have a different set of standards for themselves than for everybody else. Sounds like Washington, (laughs) D.C. And again, there is a Pharisaical spirit in the secular world as well. And that's why it's so important that we are engaged as believers and make every possible effort to help choose good leaders, not only for the church, but for our nation as well. We pray, we seek God, we do the best we can. The rest is up to Him, and He will hold them accountable. And we're going to get to that in a moment as well, that accountability factor. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience Seared with a hot iron. We talked about that last week, how you'll cauterize a wound to seal it for it to to keep from getting infected. But in this case, it's, it's a sealing of the conscience to where you no longer have a conscience. And so many of the things that we see people doing and saying today, and we say, how in the world could they ever go there? How could they do that? How could they say that? They have consciences that have been seared as with a hot iron. They don't have a conscience anymore. God forbid that we would ever get to that point. Keeping our eyes on God, following Christ, because it's very important to have a conscience. It's very important that we be able to be convicted by the Spirit of God. But as unbelievable as it may sound, it would appear based upon what we read in the Word of God and what we see in our world today that there are people who do not have any longer have a conscience and are unable to be convicted by the Holy Spirit. It's just a reality. These are the types of things that we don't want to believe. We want to believe, oh, we're all God's children, kumbaya, puff the magic dragon. You know, answers blowing in the wind, baby. There are harsh realities that most people in 2018 are not willing to look at or to deal with. We cannot, must not be like that. We don't want to become cynical. We don't want to become hardened. We need to let God make sure that... Our hearts remain soft, that we are teachable, malleable, but we have to come face to face and to grips with the harsh realities of the world we're living in because we're the only ones who have the answer. And if they're not getting that answer from us, they're not going to get it anywhere. Amen? So anyway, their consciences are seared, understand? When you're baffled, when you're puzzled, I don't get it. And of course, everybody wants to blame God, right? For every bad thing that happens. And if something good happens, they want to take the credit for themselves. The bad stuff doesn't come from God. The Bible says all good things come down from our Heavenly Father. But we want to blame God for the bad stuff and take our own credit for the good stuff. Forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received. And so people get on their little hobby horses and their little trips. And you know, if you don't eat certain foods and so forth, then you're uh, probably not really saved. You know, some of the most saved people I know eat junk food, including myself. (laughs) Not promoting that, encouraging that, I'm just saying. It's that pharisaical spirit. It's the legalism and misleading people into believing that the way to get to heaven is through your own good works. I just said all of our good works are like filthy rags in God's eyes. There's none righteous, no, not one. You can never earn your own way to heaven. It's only by the grace of God. And that's another hallmark of just about every cult group on the planet is it's not grace, it's works. And that puts people in bondage like Jesus said, And puts expectations upon them that nobody can possibly ever fulfill. And that's not the God of the Bible. That's not the God of love that we serve. That's not the God that nailed His own Son to the cross in our place. So we talked about this last week. And this is where we're going to get to the new part. But He says and they're going to bring on themselves swift destruction. And you say, well, where is it? I haven't seen it. A lot of these people seem to be thriving and flourishing and continuing to deceive people but Peter's point is regardless of how blessed and prosperous and popular they may appear to be here and now they will in God's perfect timing be judged harshly by the one who is the truth whatever temporary recognition, adoration financial gain one might get from being a false teacher and there are a lot of earthly rewards for that because false teachers are doing the work and the bidding of the enemy and he will reward them because he is the prince of this world and he has access to these earthly temporal resources and so these people have an outward appearance of being quote blessed but it won't be worth the eternal punishment that they will receive and then I finished last week with this comment oh we don't need to worry about this stuff Pastor Gary no one will ever fall for that malarkey Really? Let's move on. What does Peter say in verse 2? Many, not just a few, not some, many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. Not only will some follow these false teachers, Peter warned that many would. Matthew twenty four twelve. Jesus warns us in this famous passage on the end times, directly from the the mouth of Jesus. Because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. And we are most definitely living in a time of extreme lawlessness, not only in the secular world, but in the church. More and more of the commandments of God which are given for our blessing and benefit are being cast aside in favor of a very wishy-washy, believism type of Christianity where there's no longer an expectation of behaving in a certain way. And behaving like Jesus would behave. And of course they're even trying to downplay I've I've known this statistic for years. You've heard me share it many times. It may be even higher now. But the last time, one of the major um, polling groups, it was either Barna, Gallup, one of those, Pew Research, had done some polling on Christians and Christianity. And it was something like 38% of Christians believe that Jesus sinned. There's a big problem there. Because if Jesus sinned, He can't be our Savior. Only a perfect sacrifice could pay the price for our sins. And when you have one-third of those who identify as Christians, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, saying they believe that Jesus sinned, we got trouble in paradise. And there are many other things. I think it was an even higher number close to 50% or so that believed that there are other pathways to heaven other than through Jesus Christ when you've got a church and I'm talking about the big tent the church all denominations all strains of Christianity they do these polls they cover the all the whole spectrum When you have that many people in the church believing that they are not in possession of the absolute one and only way to God, Jesus said, John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. Do you know that verse? But if you're one of the 50% that says, oh, well, there's other ways to get to God, that does not compute, right? Right? So I'm trying to make the point here that Peter's warning was absolutely correct and you and I are seeing it played out before our very eyes in the latter times. Now have there always been false teachers? Yeah, ever since the first century. And even before that, during Old Testament times, it's not a new phenomenon. But in the latter days, the latter times, the last days, the scriptures indicate that this will be greatly multiplied and increased. And wouldn't you know, we have an internet, right? We have email, we have Facebook, we have Twitter, we, have, we got all of that stuff. And so now a guy who comes up with a false teaching, he might be talking to a group of 5, 10, 20 people, 50 people. Now he can talk to the whole world. Just like that. YouTube videos. And those people don't ever get banned on YouTube. The only people who get banned on YouTube are the ones who are telling the truth. It was interesting. One of the guys in the church many years ago had pointed out, you know, the www. whatever on the internet. In the Hebrew, it's vav, 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 and it's equivalent to the number six. So the www is a 666. Interesting, interesting, very interesting. This whole technocracy that we have today is paving the way for everything we read about in the book of Revelation. Okay, so I have to take a number of prescription medications, right? So um, now, and I have, you know, a couple of different doctors that I see. And so you go in for your refill, and they'll tell you, well, No, the doctor wouldn't refill it. You've got to go see him first. Which means you've got to give him money. Right? Right? So he's got a certain degree of control over your life because if you don't go see him, he's not going to renew your prescription. And depending upon what it's for, you could die. Oy vey. (laughs) Okay, so then you go to the pharmacy. And tick, 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 tick. Okay, here, Mr. Cowan oh wait a minute I gotta get the pharmacist you have a flag really a flag huh I wonder if they're gonna arrest me or what so the pharmacist comes over and goes have you been taking this and this because you haven't refilled this it's been more than 30 days And I'm sitting there thinking I'm in a police state I'm serious if I don't go in to see the doctor when he says I should He won't renew my prescription. And if I don't refill it every 30 days, they're going to flag me at the pharmacy and ask me if I'm taking my medication. That's just a little teensy-weensy tip of the iceberg, folks. We know that people are already being microchipped in various places. How long will it be before that becomes mandatory? And you think it's no big deal, and I've told you before, it's like the frog in the pot. If you drop a frog in a pot of boiling water, woo he's gonna jump right out. Like you would. You ever tried to get in the bathtub and then you got you got the water too hot? Yo! <laughs> yeah, but if you start it nice and lukewarm, right? Then the old froggy thinks you're giving him a little bath. Hey, this feels pretty good. Ribbit? Ribbit? And you just keep gradually turning up the temperature and before you night, you got frog legs right it's happening in our world today folks and the only thing that's gonna prevent us from being sucked in by it is this and it's not gonna be the warm fuzzy feelings imparted to us by these seeker friendly purpose driven emergent preachers who are now telling us groups like Hillsong Andy Stanley, the son of the famous Charles Stanley, they're all going south. They're all going south. They're telling people we need to reconsider homosexuality. This is 2018. Times have changed. The culture has changed. We need to be accepting of these things. But it's a slippery slope, isn't it? I haven't really talked about a lot of this stuff lately, but I'm telling you, I don't know how many of you heard about that in California. They brought in a group of uh, really wacky looking transgenders to do story time with preschoolers. And I mean, and they're promoting this with our children in the public schools that it's normal, that it's okay. You might be one yourself, kids. Be open. We talked about the babies, remember? The babies. When you're, now when kids are born, say so you don't have to assign a gender to them on their birth certificate. They put an X there. And then they call them a baby. And then when they're three or four years old, they can decide what gender they want to be. I know, you're laughing, but this is real stuff, folks. It's very real. It's very real. Satan's goal is total chaos and confusion where nobody knows who they are what they are, where they are. They won't rest until all 50 states have legalized recreational marijuana. They want everybody to go around stoned out of their minds. Oh, this guy sounds like some conspiracy theorist. No, I just, it just so happens I read the Bible. And I see the handwriting on the wall. How many of you remember that with Daniel. Many, many, tackle you, farson. You've been weighed in the balances and found wanting. The handwriting's on the wall, and this is a time to get as close to God as you possibly can. But so many people, they just want to be made to feel good, Itching ears, we read that scripture last week too. The time will come when they will no no longer endure sound doctrine. It's not talking about people in the world. People in the world have never had sound doctrine. They will no longer endure sound doctrine, which means they used to. I was talking with my friend Greg Young, our speaker for the men's conference this weekend on the drive back. And he was picking my brain because he's 51 and I'm 10 And he's saying, he said, I just, I long for what you guys experienced in the Jesus movement. I wasn't there to you guys. You were there. You experienced it. To me, it's just a theory. I long for that, for that revival, that excitement for God, that enthusiasm, he said. And, you know, I told him, which I've talked about this many times, the two major characteristics of the Jesus movement were, one, a return to the word of God. Instead of just these, you know, read one Bible verse and tell a bunch of stories and see you next week. No, really getting down and studying the Scriptures. Home Bible studies exploding everywhere. Christian coffee houses. And everywhere you went, they were studying the Word. And the other thing, new, fresh, heartfelt, sincere praise and worship. Not, you know, and I love the old hymns. And if they're sung with the right heart, they're great. But no more of this, you know. You know what I'm talking about? Those were the two key elements of the Jesus movement: a return to the Word of God and a return to worship. True, as Jesus said, worshiping in spirit and in truth. What we have today is a departure from the Word of God, only teaching certain portions. It's called proof texting where you teach something that supports what you want to push and commercialized worship where some of the big churches hiring musicians that aren't even Christians they were over playing in the bar on Saturday night and they're playing in church on Sunday morning it's become an industry worship today has become an industry and a big competition a Christian Battle of the worship bands. <laughs> Who can have the biggest and the best? And so then we've got to have the lights and the fog and all that stuff. I did that in the 60s, man. I've been there. I've done that. If you need all that crap to worship God, then you've got a problem. Ooh, he said that word? Oh, I've been holding back too long, I guess. And sadly, and I don't really blame the young people because they've been conditioned for this stuff. Gee, what would the first century church, how did they get by without light shows and fog machines and distortion pedals? I use one of those. How did they get by without all this stuff? I can't even believe the church still exists because those people didn't know all the things that we know they didn't have all the cool stuff that we have how did the church ever survive this long (laughs) you know what I'm talking about the cool thing I guess about the first century church if you didn't have Jesus there in the midst of you you didn't have anything now there's a lot of resources you can use to trump it up, pump it up, psych it up, draw a crowd. They even have these like what church in a box or something where these new startup churches you get everything you need, the sound system, everything blah blah blah, and it's in a big it's in these crates and containers cuz a lot of new churches will start out in a school cuz they don't have their own building yet. And so it's church in a box. It's all there, it's packed up ready to go. You buy your package, you wheel it in, boom. Instant church. I better get back to the uh, scripture here. Many will follow their destructive ways because of lawlessness. And that was my point that I started to get into when I went off on that rant. The lawlessness in the church. Again, the world has always been lawless. Those that are apart from Christ are lawless. All these warnings, I think so many times people read these and they're thinking about the secular world when Jesus and Peter are talking about the church. And law, Because lawlessness will abound. In other words, no longer following God's commands, no longer adhering to the truth of His Word. Again, not to be saved, but because you are saved. Matthew 24, 12 in the New American Standard Bible. Because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. And I think several years ago I talked about this, that I started to recognize that in my own life. You just get burned out on all the weirdness and the things that people do, you know, cutting you off in traffic and flipping you off and blah, 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 blah. And you start getting, you know, Because of that lawlessness, the love of most will grow cold. Above all, love one another fervently. By this will all men know that you're my disciples, if you have love for one another. But yet you see Christians viciously attacking one another, gossiping about one another, slandering one another, with no care whatsoever that you might be ruining somebody's life. Believers doing that stuff. Do you think maybe love could be growing cold in the church? We can't let that happen. But it is happening. Jesus said it would happen. And that also gives way to people following after false teachers. Many will follow their destructive ways, and because of whom, because of these false teachers and those who follow them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. John 14, 6, I already quoted it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The way of truth will be blasphemed. The absolute uncompromising truth of God's holy scriptures, His word, and it's happening right now inside and outside the church. That truth, the way of truth, and Jesus is the way of truth, is being blasphemed. They will call you a right-wing, Bible-thumping fundamentalist. The latest one is Christian terrorist. Have you heard that? Yeah. Yeah, we're more dangerous than ISIS. Did you know that? All right, everybody drop all your weapons right now. Actually, this is my weapon and I ain't dropping it, baby. The sword of the Spirit, the word of truth. They call us haters. The haters call the lovers the haters. You see how this works? We're supposed to be the lovers. We need to make sure we are the lovers. That the love of God is dwelling within us, the fruit of the Spirit, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. But they call us the haters because we stand on the truth of God's Word. That's how the devil works whatever it is that he's guilty of or, or his people are guilty of they claim that you're the ones doing it see it's blame shifting right oh they'll say that we're opponents of women's health and a woman's right to control her own body i got news for you that ain't your body it's inside your body but that's another human being in there, and it's their body. And I'm not hating on women who have had abortions. My heart goes out to them. My heart breaks for them. But we need to be telling the truth, folks, because the devil's lying nonstop. He's the father of all lies. But see, the way of truth is being blasphemed. And so it goes on and on and on. There was a guy a while back that was, going, was suing the Thomas Nelson Publishing Company for publishing Bibles uh, with negative references to homosexuality. Suing the publishing company. They didn't write it. God did. I wish they'd try to sue God. See how that works out. And so now we have gender-neutral Bible translations. Again, my reason for mentioning these things is it proves what Peter is saying is true. Many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. Finally, verse 3. Looks like my wife was right and I was wrong. I said, I don't think I have enough material. Having stopped three quarters of the way through the message last week. She says, oh yeah, you will, you will. (laughs) Of course, much of this wasn't in the notes. By covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. And so Peter hits the nail on the head here. The motive for many of these false teachers is personal benefit, financial gain, I don't know how many of you have heard of Bob Larson. He's been around forever. He started his career back in the uh, late 60s, early 70s, right alongside of the Jesus movement. But he was an anti-Christian rock music guy who was preaching that any kind of Christian music with a rock beat or anything like that was of the devil. He would have these, uh, back then it was records, those round things, you know, the... We used to have a record store in uh, California called Licorice Pizza, but he had these uh, record-burning sessions for Christian rock records and so forth. So he, uh, he's evolved over the years, and uh, the latest thing was, first it was uh, multiple personality disorders, but then I think it morphed into demon possession. I don't know, but he was selling deliverances to people online for $4.99 to $6.99. First he would convince you that you did have some kind of a demonic problem and then he would sell you a deliverance. How many of you heard of Bob Larson? He's been around a long time. He's just one of many. And sadly, there are believers that actually listen to these guys and fall for this stuff. This is the kind of thing that Peter was warning against. 1 Timothy 6.5 He speaks of constant friction between men of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. Send me $25, I'll send you an anointed prayer cloth. You ever heard that one? A divine doily. Send me $25, and I'll send you a free copy of my latest book. Well, if it's free, why do I have to send 25 bucks? What a scam! Well, we've got to keep that radio program going, you know. And other things. Again, it's been going on for 2,000 years and longer. But, I think the Scriptures make it very clear that in the latter times, these things would become more defined, more pronounced, more dangerous, more all-encompassing, because the Bible clearly teaches that in the last days, there would be a great falling away. Again, you can't fall away from something that you were never a part of to begin with. A non-believer can't fall away. They were never there. It has to be talking about people who at the very least gave an outward appearance of following Christ, an outward appearance of being a believer. And that's, on the positive side, that's part of God's plan to separate the wheat from the chaff the true believers from the false believers. But the important thing for you and I is we need to make sure we're on the right side. And the only way to make sure of that is uh, John Avolio just gave me this printout from a quote by Pac- Pastor Chuck. Now, Pastor Chuck and I, we came from the same denomination. And it was an Arminianist denomination, which means they taught you could lose your salvation. Pastor Chuck, the reason he left the denomination and started Calvary Chapel, he got tired of getting Christians resaved every week. You only have to get saved once. Right? <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> I mean, over the course of your life, there are many times where you're going to have to confess your sins and repent before God to maintain your intimate relationship with Him. But salvation is a one-time deal. Once you're saved, you're saved. Pastor Chuck, again, coming from an Arminianist background, rejecting that, but also rejecting Calvinism, which is the other side of the coin, Pastor Chuck says, if you lose something, that means you don't know where to find it. He says, you can't lose your salvation because you know right where it is. You can't lose it, but you can walk away from it. And we talked not long ago about the guy that was an associate of Billy Graham's. Back in the day, I can never remember the guy's name, but he was considered the premier evangelist of his day. And he walked away. They considered him even greater than Billy Graham. But he got sucked in by evolution, rejected creation, And this is why creationism is so important, folks. A lot of Christians are duped on this, too. In fact, a good friend of mine I just talked to, his oldest son went to a so-called Christian college. He said, I I thought he'd be okay there. I wasn't worried about him. But he got sucked in by theistic evolution, which is where they try to blend God and evolution together. And now his whole faith has been undermined. This happens time and time and time again. And we're just kind of going on our merry way, tiptoeing through the tulips while the great falling away is taking place before our very eyes. For a long time their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. And I know, you know, it's funny because I didn't get through this part last week, and then in men's prayer, John brought up the scripture I'm about to read. But how many believers have said something like this, that, man, I don't get it. Why doesn't the Lord deal with these people? Why does he let them continue to do what they're doing? deceiving people, misleading them, leading them astray. And even though it may seem like God is letting these people get away with their blasphemies and their heresies, He knows all, He sees all, and in His timing they will be dealt with. For a long time their judgment has not been idle. That means God knows what's going on. God's not asleep. God's not unaware. He sees it. He knows it. And again, He allows it to test people's hearts. Because chances are, this is really important, listen to me, chances are if you're capable of being drawn away, if you're capable of being led astray, you probably will be. Think about that one. Now again, we're all capable of it, but again, we guard against it by what we're talking about here this morning, staying in fellowship, staying in relationship, staying in the Word, Not caving in, not giving in, like so many have done. Well, I don't have to put up with that. I'm not going to listen to that guy. This is ridiculous. I came here to be uplifted. Well, the truth is uplifting. I came here to be told that I'm okay just the way I am you won't hear that here baby <laughs> I'm not okay just the way I am please be patient God is not finished with me yet you know that one someone even said this to me recently it seems to me that the evildoers get all the blessings and the Christians get the shaft I'm not gonna ask for a show of hands how many of you have had those thoughts? And that's kind of a paraphrase. That might not have been exactly the way they said it, but it's pretty close. Listen to this. This is our final passage of Scripture. Malachi 3, beginning of verse 13. The Lord says, Your words have been harsh against me. Yet you say, What have we spoken against you, Lord? You have said, It is useless to serve God. What profit is it that we have kept his ordinance? Man, this isn't fair. I go to this church where they expect us to actually obey the word of God. These guys over here have beer Bible studies, all kinds of fun parties and stuff. Why should I go to this church? I'm going over there where I can do whatever I want. And you can still do whatever you want. We don't have a gospel gestapo here. We don't have people looking in through your windows. You know who's looking through your window? So, you can take everything I say with a grain of salt and do whatever you want. I wouldn't recommend it. Because I'm trying to bring you the truth of God's word. What profit is it that we have kept his ordinance and that we have walked as mourners before the Lord of hosts? Oh, poor us. You ever... Oh man, what a bummer, man. Trying to be a good Christian here. What good does it do me? So now we call the proud blessed. For those who do wickedness are raised up. They even tempt God and go free. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. And the Lord listened and heard them. So these true believers talked with one another, and he said, know what, this isn't really right. This isn't the way it is. God really is in control. God does know what's going on. He's going to take care of it in his time. The Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, on the day that I make them my jewels. And I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Then you, will again, you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. See, right now, here and now. Now, granted, when we encounter people sometimes you can kind of tell they're a believer, right? You just pick up something. It's the Spirit of God in them. But Just for the most part, day-to-day life, we're out there at the grocery store, we're out there at the mall, everybody looks the same. Right? And even if our perspective is not correct, it's just like these folks here in the book of Malachi. Wow, look at the proud. They're the ones that are being raised up and blessed, the wicked. And here I am trying to serve God. What good does it do me? But God is reminding us that at the end of the day, we are going to be part of His precious treasure, His jewels, We're going to dwell with Him for eternity. And those folks aren't. So the next time you start having a pity party, you know who you should be having the pity party for? The lost. Those that are lost. Those are the ones we should be praying for. Even though they may seem like they're getting all the blessings, this is all just temporary stuff. As we used to say back in the Jesus movement days, it's all going to burn. None of that stuff is going to remain. Only those eternal treasures of Christ will remain. You know what? God's promises are sure and true. And in His perfect timing, He will make all things right. However, if we want to be a part of these blessings, we must hang in there and endure till the end. Let's pray. Father God, thank You for Your faithfulness to us. Thank you that you have given us your holy scriptures to guide us, to lead us. They're a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. Lord, you've given us clear warning, fair warning from Peter and the other writers of the New Testament and the Old about false teachers and false prophets and many being led astray, people not enduring sound doctrine, people falling away from the faith, the love of most growing cold. Lord, you're not a liar. You're not a man that you should lie. Your word is true and it is coming to pass. Help us, Lord, to stand firm, to endure, not to cave in, not to back down. Lord, help us to love those, even those who might come against us. You told us to do that, to love our enemies. But Lord, the one thing we cannot do is compromise. We must stand firm on the truth of your word and on the truth of the person of Jesus Christ. So we ask you to help us. Give us wisdom, give us guidance, give us strength. Lord, help us to be as wise as serpents and as gentle as doves. Lord, it's your kindness that leads us to repentance. So help us to be kind, loving, but not compromising. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.